It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. When you go to different parks and different sporting events in different countries, you learn a lot about the people there and how much really of a jerk you can be. Because I'm the only <laughs> Islander fan in a sea of Maple Leaf fans, and everybody's throwing popcorn at me. And good fun. Look, it was good fun. But Maple Leaf, uh, it's the Air Canada Center. It's no longer Maple Leaf Gardens. If you have not been to a Maple Leaf game, and you can afford it, because granted, everybody's corporate there. It's like going to a Ranger game. I highly suggest it. I'm back in the country Back in the good old U.S. I should have played Born in the USA today. That would have been a good idea. But anyway, back in the country, talking a little bit of Sean Miller, a lot of quadrants in the NCAA and what the heck that means for the NCAA tournament. We have an Olympic review because we really didn't talk anything about it. And spring training has started, and the NHL trade deadline went like whispers in the night. So, Seth, the Big Ten has ended their regular season. Congratulations. That has occurred, uh, I think, tonight is the last night of the regular season. Is that correct? I think it passed already. I thought it was on Sunday. Maybe there's a game left oh. or so, but oh. I thought it was on Sunday. Excellent. So, so just like every good national champion that comes out of the leagues, we end in February because it's called March Madness. So we might as well end in February before we get to that point. The Big Ten has always surprised me and always tried to do things different. And I think they wanted it in – now, last year I don't think it ended this early. But they also did no, play the per- in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, this is the first time. Um, and uh, first of all, welcome to the show, everybody. And it's always good to hear Sean talk about being an idiot. So that's always, that's always yeah, a, joy, well, a good way to start, to start our program. Go. Excellent. Um, yeah, so – I believe the ACC is being held in the the ACC tournament is being held in the, in New York as well, starting March sixth. No, it's being so. I, it's in Barclays. Is it a or is it a Barclays? Okay, Barclays. I saw signs ironically for it on fifty first and sixth yesterday, so I wasn't sure if it was at MSG or Barclays. But you would know that you'd know better than I would since I no longer have a need to follow the ACC, the ACC like I used to. Um, so yeah, our tournament, the Big Ten tournament, starts I believe tomorrow. And then runs through Sunday. I think they wanted some free publicity. I think it may coincide with a week off from school. Um, I think they wanted to see how it was going to play out. To be perfectly honest, is nobody has done this to have a week and a half really before playing again for the three or four. It only looks like four or five teams that are going to go to the tournament from the Big Ten. Yeah. So if nothing else, they they will be well rested. I mean, it yeah, used to be that that's a long that, rest. Oh, I agree. I, I completely agree. I, I, I'm not sure if it's going to benefit, but we'll obviously find out being the first year that they're doing it. And so I'm, I'm looking at Syracuse's chances, and I'm not going to go back into it because we talked about it last year. But more and more I'm hearing the words quadrant this year. And, I, I look, I haven't followed the way that the seedings go. I just know wins, losses, strength of schedule, RPI. I finally got my head around what RPI means. And now all I'm hearing is Quadrant 1, Quadrant 2, Quadrant 3, and Quadrant 4, and the amount of wins that you can get in each quadrant. And, look, when you come to – when we talk about uh, the NBA cap and we talk about baseball and and the luxury tax and all that stuff, that's my domain. College basketball and college football is really your domain. Okay, so what's a quadrant? 
Honestly, I have no it's clue. one of four. Really? I, I really have no idea. No. And it's kind of like when you were talking about how much I knew about Pac-10 basketball last week. And I was kind of like, Pac-10 football, I follow hard. Pac-10 basketball, the only thing I've followed this year is really, it's a horrendous conference. And now it's really interesting because of what's happening with Arizona and Sean Miller. Um, yeah, I think the quadrants, again, I could be wrong, uh, but I think the quadrants are really just how they're reading certain wins. I thought that was how it was, how it was working. Because I know with Maryland, they had, I think, no quadrant one wins, which is why they may win 20 games but have no chance at the tournament. But my knowledge based okay. on it, honestly, is pretty low. Okay, so we promise you, our loyal listeners, by next week, both Seth and I will have a, a thorough explanation of a quadrant other than it is one of four. Because the NCAA, from what I understand, is very much basing their – who makes the tournament based on this so-called quadrant system this year, which I have never heard of. So we should be well, able to it, at wait, least – Wait, here it is. No, no, no. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Quadrant one – Please do tell. Inclu- okay. The NCAA has altered its team sheets uh, provide, that, it gives, that's, that, it's, that it's providing for the uh, selection committee. Quadrant one includes home games against the top 30 RPI teams, neutral games against the top 50, and away against the top 75. You've got to be bleeping kidding me. Quadrant two, home versus 31 through 75, neutral versus 51 through 100, and away versus 76 through 135. Quadrant three, home versus 76 through 160, neutral versus 101 in uh, 200, and away versus 136 through 240. Quadrant four, home 161 plus neutral 201 plus in a way I just spent 30 seconds of my life reading through this and I can't think, oh, good Lord. So, well, but Seth, much, but here's the thing that get, okay. So I just heard what you said and I, I get it. Like I, uh, um, I understand English. I understand it. I understand that you're going to have numbers and then teams are going to be blah, 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 blah. But this is a fluid situation, right? It's a fluid situation up until the last game. So a team, I think you said one through 30 is quadrant one, if I heard correctly. And if a team is number 29, so that would make a quadrant one win, say, for Maryland. So they don't have a quadrant one win, but they beat the 29th team in the Big Ten tournament. No, I'm just saying, like, just go with the others. So they beat the, the 29th team in the Big Ten tournament. So all of a sudden, they have a quadrant one team, right? However, however, since they beat that team in the quadrant in, in the Big Ten tournament, they now drop to 31. So they're not a quadrant one team anymore. So when they go they're to the NCAA two. selection show, they still don't have a quadrant one win, even though at the time they were a quadrant one. Well, again, I don't know how they're ranking the quadrants. Is it when you play it or is it what it is at the end of the year? So, I mean, think about it even with top 25 wins in college football. Well, yeah, right. Alabama had an impressive win over Florida State when they were number three in the country. Unfortunately, they were yep. only number three in the country for one week, and then they didn't even end up in the top 25. So I don't know how this – again, it's, used, it's supposed to be used as a guide. It's not supposed to be used as the end-all, be-all. So, it's, look, they needed to come up with some kind of, um, I guess, primer – for some of these teams, especially in a year. I mean, this is a really weak year. It just ha- it just is. The Pac-10, literally, if Arizona gets – if something happens with Arizona where they are not allowed in the tournament or they self-incriminate – you know, not incriminate, excuse me. They turn themselves self-imposed. in self-imposed this year. Self-imposed. Yeah, self- self-imposed. There may not be one deserving team in the NCAA tournament this year. From the Pac-10. Arizona State's falling apart. UCLA is not very good. Washington is okay. Oregon is okay. There is not one, you know, really, there's not one good team. Arizona State started like 13-1 and one and they're like 6-10 and 10 since. I mean, you look at the, eight, the Big Ten. The Big Ten is top-heavy. Michigan State and Purdue are legitimate Final Four threats. Michigan is dangerous as heck. Other than those three teams, and I'm probably forgetting one off the top of my head, it's a down year for them. The SEC is decent, but getting a little bit too much pub. 
the big, tw- you know, the big, because there's no real final four threat. I don't think, you know, Auburn has been really good. The big 12, West Virginia's fallen apart. Oklahoma's fallen apart. You know, Texas Tech is held strong, but it's not a great year. And the ACC has not had a great year. I don't think anyone is overwhelmingly t- terrified of, of Duke and North Carolina. So, I don't know. I think I just kind of went a little bit of a tangent on this, but I don't even know. to uh, It happens from time to time. I don't even know how you're going to get 64 teams out of this. I don't know who's there. Well, here's my next question, right? So, every year we say that there is – and look, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get into our final four selections and our draft preview next week. But given that we just went through this and Seth told me that there aren't 64 teams that are going to make the tournament or at least deserve to make the tournament, the year we see a non-Power non 5 team win the tournament? Well, I think, it, first of all, the non-Power 5 doesn't matter. It's not Power 5. That's only in football. Villanova is in, no, the, I know, is but, in the Big East. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. I Xavier guess, I, guess I meant small-time I guess I meant a small town, a small time school. A smaller school. Okay. Well, small school. You know, like, a, look, like, Zaga a, was, like a George Zaga Mason. Two minutes, like, gotcha. Zaga was two minutes away from winning a title last year. Um, they're good. I don't think they're good enough to win a title. Um, you know, Xavier is going to be potentially be a one seed. And I, I don't think of them as a, as a bona fide top five team, but. You know, when you're a top, when you're going to be a top one or two seed, you have to be at least acknowledged as a threat. Yep. You know, there, there's not going to be a 13 seed that's going to make the, the final four, but whoever picks a, a 13 seed to do that or below, so it's I, I don't know. I, I I have no feel for this year. You know, I I kind of know who my my final four will be based upon, but I'll wait until we see how the. Based on this year, I know who I would pick to make the final four. I just don't know how the brackets are going to come out. Okay, well, I will here, say Maryland will, not, inter- Maryland will only be in the Big Four in the NIT, unfortunately. Well, so. well here, is, here is a prognostication for you, or a question where I am asking a prognostication. Will whoever wins the NCAA tournament this year, will it be vacated in the next three years? <laughs> now, I'm not joking. Yes. Okay. Look, you know, when we take a look at what's going on right now, and I mean, this has become the biggest event and the biggest thing in sports, starting with Saturday night when it was released that Sean Miller, the coach of Arizona, supposedly backed in a $100,000 payment to DeAndre Ayton, who's going to be the number one pick, one of the top two picks in the draft in June or in April, excuse me. Um, no, in June. Sorry about that. <sighs> now, the rumors are, as we've all heard, that there's up to three dozen teams, major teams, who could be impacted by this investigation. Now, it could be as small as, I mean, people brought in Duke, and look, we all would like to see Duke get hit on something, but taking, you know, an agent taking the parents out for lunch is not exactly going to instill the, the death penalty on Coach K in the crew. But Wait, to be, hold on, before you go. To be fair, we're not saying that Coach K deserves the death penalty for anything either. No. No. Okay. I just want uh, – right. We, we, no, we, not, we here not, at nothing. Seth and Sean Sports, we don't, <laughs> we, we don't have any evidence. No, seriously, we don't have any evidence that, that he's done anything wrong. Right, I mean, no, all we're going, no. all we're going on is what what ESPN and what the other sources have reported. So what? So right. the fact is, yes, Seth and I are not the biggest Coach K fans, but that's not because there's any record of him doing anything wrong and getting away with it. Now, North Carolina, that's a whole other story. Right. So Greg Swain, who is is a college, is host a college radio show, and I think I. I think I, I, I posted this to you. I, I am this to you Saturday night. Has, has stated that he hasn't. That supposedly, of these, of all the, of the big names, 
there is one coach that with a bigger name than Sean Miller who's going to get hit very hard when this is all said and done. So it kind of brings up the obvious question of who are the names out there? Who the heck could that be? Yeah, who the heck could that be? So there's, so there's only six or five or six that come to mind. Shashevsky, Roy, Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Jimmy, Jim Beheim. And again, this yep. is, I'm not meant to be, I'm not joking here, but I mean, Beheim is. No, I'm team. with you. Roy, uh, well, Bill Self and yep. Tom Izzo. I mean, who else? Well, I could give you one. I could give you, well, I could give you another one too. The issue is he's already been hit. And that's Rick Pitino. Yes, but I can't imagine that they would center an investigation on someone who's already been fired. It okay. could very well be. I mean, Jay Wright as well, but to be honest, I cannot imagine. Of all the coaches, I have the least – I cannot imagine Jay Wright would be involved. I just can't. Um, there's nothing Steve about Alford? him that would be – Well, I don't consider Alford a bigger coach than Miller. But Alford, I could – I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know them. All I'm saying is, of all the coaches, Wait. the Jay Wright would be the toughest, I think, for me to swallow. Yep. I'm trying to think who else would be bigger than than Sean Miller. Um, John Beeline? No. At Michigan? And John Beeline won cleanest, the cleanest coach award, I think. I, I read that a couple of years ago. So I don't, I don't see it with Beeline. And they don't get big-time recruits anyway, for the most part. But he's not a bigger name mm-hmm. than Sean Miller, I don't think, in the uh, coaching in the coaching world. The coaching circle. Okay, well, yeah, I, and I, mean, I agree yeah. with all five or six that you just mentioned. I mean, it include, and look, it, it's been posted on my Facebook over and over again. Every time you see something like this, are you surprised or just waiting for Syracuse to be on the, on the board? And truth be and truth be told, I don't think there's anybody that's gone to a big school that is not looking and just breathing a sigh of relief when their name is not on that board, including yourself. Well, I mean, we this were is... on the we were on the board peripherally though, because apparently Diamond True. Stone did did take a payment, but after freshman year. When we all knew he was going pro anyway, so I I, I have trouble really. And Turgeon has uh, what do you call? It? Has stated unequivocally that he's never met Andy Miller. Whether you, whether Maryland fans like Turgeon as a coach or not, nobody is really under the impression that he's dirty in that kind of way. We've lost too many big recruits over the last few years. So if, if we're dirty, we're not doing that part well at all. Um, no, I guess my point. But, I guess my point is, we all look at this list and basically breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless and you I, went to and I don't know, Arizona. No, I'm saying I don't know any. I don't know any person of my colleagues, friends, and whatnot that have gone to that have gone to a big school does not see their name on that list and does not breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. Because it it could be any of us. It could be any school. And we've we've just seen it's to the extent of, hey, they took this guy out to lunch, and that's considered imper- impermissible. And it is. By the letter of the law, you cannot take anybody out to lunch. This is kind of the ridiculous part of the NCAA, is that you can't even drive a student home. If you are, I, I remember when I was on campus and I offered to take a student who was happened to be on the basketball team and a recruit who was also there visiting just home and the, the basketball player and he was, he was a walk on said, no, you can't do that. I was like, what? I can't do that. Why can't I do that? Because that's impermissible. I mean, Seth, the, the, this borders on the, the stupidity, right? I mean, you're in Syracuse. You're freaking cold. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so, what was interesting so, is we talked yeah. about this a month or two ago, and when we thought anything was going to be released, and we yep. both of us had said we didn't think it would be released until the summer. And with yep. 3,000 hours of wiretap, which I'm a little confused how <laughs> that this is how the FBI is spending their time, but nonetheless, you know, this is the this is the beginning. So I mean. I'm under the assumption this is going to take a long – I'm almost looking forward to this perversely more than I'm looking forward to the tournament this year because I have no well, because, clue what to expect from this. Well, because this is, a, this is a movie, right? I mean, this is the extent of Goodfellas where we're just seeing who's, who's going to be capped next. Who's, who's going to go down in the fall next? It, it's more along the lines of you're just looking for the man behind the curtain. Then you are, nothing is on the court. You have no idea. It's not based on talent. It's just based on chance. And you have absolutely no bearing on, on, and it can ruin a sport that we both have loved for basically our whole lives. I mean, the repercussions of this, as we said last week, and we've been saying for, for months, widespread, widespread reform. It's going to have to happen. And I'm not, I'm not certain that's a bad thing, mind you, to have that. Now, okay, do you think that Arizona plays in the tournament? I do. Um, do you think that DeAndre, uh, and I can't remember the guy's name, he plays in the zone. Yeah, I think there's an innocent versus proven guilty thing on, you know, thought process on it. And he played, look, he played on Saturday in a loss to Oregon. Sean Miller did not coach. Um, but I think the feeling is, I mean, this is a team that is in such, such enormous talent, but in such disarray. Um. I, I think he's going to play until they give him a reason otherwise. I mean, maybe for, it's as simple as this, this could be the last team that Arizona has for a long time. And that's, think, that's relevant. You, you think Sean Miller ever coaches again? I think he ends up in the pros as an assistant coach somewhere. I don't think so he's a head Calvin, coach. It's the Calvin Sampson. So he, beco- he becomes Calvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson, Quinn Snyder. The question being, and as Jake yells for his mother, you know, the question being, if they have if they have Miller dead to rights, which I have to assume, again, and assuming never it makes an ass out of you and me, which if this was just you in this case, just me. Do you do you do you question? No, do you, I have to imagine if everyone was going to report this, starting with I think it was ESPN, but I could be wrong, that they would repeat, they would report something as loud and as big as this without without some kind of evidence. Otherwise, you're just okay. So I'm guys' good. career. All right, so I'm going to give you an example. Right, I mean. Didn't Chris Mortensen basically do the same thing? Remind me. Tom Brady, PSI, footballs. I don't know if it equates. And it didn't ruin, to be honest, it didn't ruin anybody's career. Right, but could it have? Oh, absolutely it ruined somebody's career. It ruined the ball guy's careers. Ruined the ball guy's career. But was was it proven to be true or not? No. Still, nobody really well, knows. Right. Well, I no, think I wouldn't say unequivocally point, right? no. I wouldn't say unequivocally no. Um, but there's always been there's never been clarity on it for one way or the other. I guess it's the easiest way to put it. Um, okay. I find it difficult to imagine. I find it difficult to imagine that people would have jumped on this. On an FBI on an FBI wiretap, 
Again, this is a little. This isn't a couple of ball boys. This is the FBI going after people. Sure. I cannot imagine this would come out arbitrarily, without without some without without a legitimate backing. It would make no sense to me. So I have to assume that this is legitimate. Again, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I I I don't know. I I I just can't see it. Well, I don't. I don't think I'm saying. Are you wrong? I don't think anything in there was. Are they wrong? Have they overstepped? I don't, I don't think I was saying any of that. I think. No, I think but my saying, point is. You're questioning. You're, yeah. you're questioning. So, what are you questioning then? Well, I think I'm questioning whether it's. Look, you can have. Oh, I don't know. I, I I think I'm more along the lines questioning whether the entire thing is true or did you just jump on the headline? Well, right. Does that, that does, does be, that make sense? To be fair, that's all we, yeah, but that's all we, that's all we have. We can, so we can only go on based on what has been reported. And since we're not going to know the extent of the extent, the extent of, the wiretaps, the extent of Sean Miller's involvement for months to come, weeks to come. I don't think it'll be years. Um, for months to come, I think it's fair to it's fair to. Can you convict him unequivocally? No. No. But if you were Arizona, would you have suspended him? If I was Sean Miller, I don't really mind it, and I was going to get to that in a second. Have you seen Sean Miller's contract? I know there's a, he has there's some cause where he's better off being fired without cause than with cause or with cause. He's better off being fired than he's, why don't you explain? It doesn't matter. He can get fired for any reason whatsoever and he gets 85% of his contract. Oh, and wow. that includes and that includes moral, no moral, NCAA no morals clause. Nope. That includes an NCAA violation. That's an NCAA the best violation that, is one thing, but it, is it limited at like a recruiting violation, or could it be no, literally any, anything? Anything. I mean, this is what's been reported. This is. I haven't seen the actual contract, but. I, again, this is from people that have reportedly seen the actual contract. And a contract, unlike a report, if they've seen the contract, it's pretty black and white. I mean, there's really no – if it says for any, if you are fired for any reason whatsoever, that's pretty black and white. That doesn't mean – there's no ambiguity there. It's what it is. He gets 85%. That is the best negotiating of a, of a contract. I want to shake that guy's hand because that guy rocks. Whoever did that, so he'll be take, he'll be he'll be sitting home making two. I assume he was making about four million a year. Would be my guess. I could be wrong. So <laughs> he, he's going to make about three point eight five million dollars for the next five years. And Arizona has no recourse on this. Correct. According to reports, no recourse. Well, so you want to be a college coach? I do. <laughs> Got to pay better than being an accountant. Well, we could talk to Nabate Owls. He seems to have all the the, the connects. <laughs> it, it should be. Maybe we'll bring on Nabate for for our for our uh, our, 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 our our NCA preview show, but. So, he could tell us all about what it's like to be a big star at the All-Star Game. Well, he could tell more than we could. Uh, oh, as, absolutely. As some of you know, our friend, our friend and sometimes call, our frenemy, for lack of a better term on this show. That's uh, a good word. I like that. A frenemy. Yeah, a frenemy. Um, who works for Sirius Radio, was out in L.A. for the for the, for the the big extravaganza two weeks ago and 
I think he may have played some music out there too. So it was a good. He's got a yeah, and he was a, it was a good couple of weeks now, out there for him. Yeah, and that was after he played the Grammys. So I mean, the man is all over the place. Congratulations to no, him and his band, by the way. Yeah, won won a Grammy. Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't play. He didn't. He didn't play the Grammy. Yeah, he didn't play the Grammys. He won a Grammy. So yes. sorry. <laughs> I'm undervaluing his his his, his efforts. <laughs> Hey, the man—the man played some music. Played it. Played, played a, an impromptu solo at my wedding. So I've got nothing but love for him. Um, nothing but so, love. I yeah, got nothing it, but love for you. There you go. So jumping from the NCAA, you know, we we got we we really haven't talked much about the Olympics. It was a very strange Olympics, um, in part because of, in part because of the time difference. In part because the winners are always seem like such obscure sports, which is both often good and bad. And I have now seen enough curling to last me a lifetime. But I'll be honest: in in the heart of busy season, while I'm sitting at my desk and I got the flat screen on, watch <laughs> with ski jumping and, and curling in the background, it was it, it, it did give me a nice. Uh, it was nice. So, how much did you watch? Because we had joked how little we cared about half of these sports. I don't think it was a sport so that I, I didn't see at least something from. I, I would agree with that. I so especially the last week while I was in Canada. In Canada, it's a uh, look. It, it's it's a winter sports town, right? A winter sports country. They take great pride in every single sport, and they're they're. We talked about curling. Their curlers are hot. I mean, ridiculously hot. So yeah, everybody was watching the curling. Uh, everybody was very much down when when the U.S. beat them in, in ice hockey and then the U.S. took the curling championship <laughs> somehow. Um, I, I am actually going to learn how to curl, believe it or not. I am uh, going curling use, on you, April, April 7th. You're going – are you really? Is this up – are you going back yeah, to so, Toronto? Is this, yeah. No, so I got surprisingly enough, and I hope she's not listening because it's pretty much a surprise party for her. But my friend Jody is turning forty, and uh, her husband, and she lives in Minnesota, so I'll be going to Minnesota for this. And her husband has decided to throw a curling party for her. So oh, this isn't Jody Touch. No, no, not Jody Touch. No, no, Jody Touch turned forty uh, only last year. Not true, but. That's the only way I can go with that. <laughs> um, that's, we'll stick with. <laughs> that's the only way I can go with that and not get into a whole lot of trouble. Uh, the Fair fact enough. is, no, it's it's her 40th birthday, and her husband is surprising her with a curling party. And I think that is fantastic. So he invited me out there, and I'm like, when else am I going to learn how to curl? This sounds great. So I am going to uh, learn how to curl on uh, in the beginning of April. And I'm, I'm excited for it. But needless to say, now, they, I, well, they were somewhat disappointed. Now, are they members of the big Duluth Curling Club, which I saw pictures of while the U.S. won the championship over over Sweden? Are they members? I I absolutely have no idea. I I believe it's <laughs> their first time curling as well. Now, to be fair, I do have a friend up in Maine. He lives in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. His name is Jamie Garvin, who I went to school with. And he is actually on a curling team, a recreational curling team. He, le- he took lessons this year, and they compete. And I think that is fantastic because I'll tell you, growing up, uh, did you know what curling was? Because I didn't. Of course not. Like, and I Why think that's I part of the but, – but I – but I think that's part of the greatness of what the Winter Olympics are because there are certain sports which I have absolutely no idea what they are until I watch them on the Olympics. And that's fantastic to me. And curling has become like one of those chic uh, things to do. So, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to Minnesota to do some curling. Where they will, they will already dislike you based on your accent, based on the accent you've just shown in the last ten seconds. But fair Excuse enough. Excuse me, I have been I I have been to Minnesota before. I was there uh, two years ago for the get this 
the the uh, most popular day in the Minnesota State Fair. 161,000 people showed up to the Minnesota State Fair, and I was one of those people on that day. So what did the Minnesota State Fair? What's in it? Well, What's you, you imagine it's 161. I've been to the Orange County Fair in New York. What, is a, what would make me want to go to a state fair? So, okay, so we're totally getting off topic. But that's okay. So what's at a Minnesota State Yeah, what's at a Minnesota State Fair? Well, you obviously have the cow auction where they where they auction off cows, no joke, in the barn. Then they have a um, they have a stage obviously with concerts. And then they have a booth which you can it's all you can drink milk, which is pretty awesome considering it's right next to the booth that you can buy a pound and a half of chocolate chip cookies. It's called Bucket of Cookies for oh $16. So you get the oh bucket of cookies that four or five people are, are, are sharing, and then you walk over, and once you're finished with, like, your second cookie, you go get yourself a cup of milk, and, you, and it's just wash, rinse, and re, uh, sorry, rinse, wash, and repeat for, like, an hour of eating cookies and milk. Tell me oh, that doesn't geez. sound awesome. Like I don't have enough trouble with my weight. Good lord. <laughs> so, so are you coming with me to the Minnesota State Fair next year? Yes. I'm sure my wife, the one week of the year I get off, I have a feeling that's the road trip we're going to take. We're driving out to Minnesota to the State Fair. Uh, although bucket of cookie does sound pretty good. So See, when you, there you go. When you, when you think back at this Olympics. Yeah. Is there going to be any – is there going to be anything? Is there going to be any moment that you're going to say 10 years – is there going to be anything that you're going to find memorable 10 years from now? Is there going to be anything that yes, you're going to remember specifically from this, from this Olympics? Speed skating. Speed skating. I don't remember the guy's name per se. The American. The American that shouldn't have been anywhere near a medal won the silver and was basically crying. So I will remember John Henry. I think it was the, John Henry Chelsky or Selsky or something. There you like go. That. that that guy, because that guy had no business being anywhere near the medal, and he got a silver, and he just collapsed to his knees and started crying. And and I, I got to tell you before before this uh, before this Olympics, I didn't watch a lot of speed skating because I was like it kind of reminded me of my days in track, where all you do is go around in a circle which to me is completely and utterly – well, it is, and it's completely and utterly boring. But I watched, I watched the speed skating this year. Those guys are ridiculously good, and I can't imagine how one or some of them do not lose, like, a hand when they fall. Like, don't hit a blade or something along those lines. So props to that. I will remember that. I remember the fact that uh, the woman that messed up in uh, figure skating that basically blamed everybody but herself and says it was her audition for Dancing with the Stars. I remember that. And I'll also remember Lindsey Vaughn, wow, blaming, again, everybody but herself for a bad run and showing no humility whatsoever. And it goes to show you that, again, the athletes that don't have any publicity are much more fun to watch than those that do. I'm trying to think the moment, the couple of things that I think will resonate, and there's always one or two. You know, I go back to 2000 and the Utah, the Salt Lake City Olympics. It's the Sarah, it's the Sarah Hughes uh, winning yep. the gold medal from nowhere. Um, 2010, the Sidney Crosby, uh, the goal to beat the U.S. You know, to beat Ryan Miller to beat the Olymp- to beat the U.S. in in, in, in overtime. You know, 2018, the one the thing that'll resonate for me, and if anyone can find this on NBC Sports, is watching the last about two minutes of all things of the women's cross country, cross country skiing 
championship. Okay. Where the U.S. hadn't won a medal in 40 years. And the, guy, the woman came from, I think, third place to win it by a half a step. The it was the the announcement was absolutely insane. Um, I thought that was pretty amazing to watch. I thought I did stay up, although my wife couldn't understand for the life of me why. I stayed up to watch the the women the women's gold medal hockey game. Um, yep. Between which she said, "You're watching hockey," she and I said, "Yeah," uh, because she understood that four years ago I watched the Olympics, the Olympic hockey actually with Sean. And with John Hammer, of all people, um, you know, because they had the NHL players, and it was great. And then she realized, she's like, wait a minute, these are women. I'm like, yes, I'm watching the Women's Hockey Championship, the Women's, the women's Gold Medal. She goes, you're staying up till 1.30 in the morning to watch women's hockey? Not exactly the bastion yes. of, of, uh, of uh, feminism. Of my feminism? Wife. I said, yes. Yeah, I, I said, absolutely. I said, yeah. She goes, I don't understand. I've never even heard of a Women's Hockey League. And I said, well, there's really not too much of one in the United States, but I kind of explained the background and the ending, the, the overtime was enormous fun and the, the shootout was phenomenal, including the, the, the Peter Forsberg-esque goal by one of the Canadians. And oh, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was nice to watch. And then the other thing I would remember, I think I will remember, is the skateboard, is a snowboarder who won the skiing Grand Slam Championship, which NBC screwed up, which was pretty well, amazing. You see, and Seth, I'll remember the women's championship for probably the wrong reason. Because as my brother posted on Facebook, it's the same complaint that I kind of have with men's so- with any soccer. Why, when you play that long, are you now going to a shootout? I mean, you know my feelings on shootouts to begin with. I hate them. I think they're stupid. Yeah. I think they're. I agree. I, I think they they show nothing. The only thing I hate worse than shootouts are a three on three, which is what the NHL, what some NHL fans love. I can't stand because I think it's once again garbage. But because it's not hockey, but at least that's more hockey than a shootout. Yeah, I not to take anything away from the women's team who played marvelously. As did the Canadian team. I hate the fact game. that it ended in a shootout. I hate the fact that it ended yeah. in a shootout. I did not watch. I actually did not watch it live. But the next day, when we were at, when me and my colleagues were at the bar waiting for the Toronto game, they were actually replaying it. So I watched it soup to nuts, and it was it was a amazingly played game. The other thing that I will remember from that game is nobody was in the stands. Nobody. Yep. Like it was like an empty, like it. It remind. It seemed like every single venue was empty. No, because people are not really traveling to South Korea. It's not exactly going to Rio, or for the World Cup, or going to a London or a Paris. I mean, you're going right. to Pyeongchang. And I'm not saying that's so fun next, of that. I'm saying, who the hell? Who, who wants to go to South Korea? You know, from the U.S. travel 14 hours for the Winter Olympics. Who's going to go? So the next Olympics is in Beijing, China. Do you think you'll get a better turnout? I do. <laughs> they, may, they may be ordered. They may be ordered to go, but there will be a better turnout. Uh, okay. It was an interesting Olympics. Everything from the Adam Rippon, Mike Pence controversy to Ivanka showing up and Gus Kenworthy going, why are you here? Um. North Korea and South Korea having some kind of unified unification, for lack of a better term, from, you know, the, the Russians not attending, but some of the athletes did, and they still got caught for doping. And when you go to your curling In party, curling! Please explain to me why, how doping can help in curling. Because that, I'm Dude, not it's sure. all about the... It's all about the all about the it's all about the rehab. It's it's all about the rehab. It's all about the fact that they can they can recover quick enough that they have to throw the next day, much like a baseball player. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was complete and utter sarcasm. Yeah, that was kind of my guess. <laughs> but, Just making um, sure. Yeah, and. 
Yeah, because I, I just I, I, I'm not sure of the curling value. Um, the value for in, in curling, for the love of God. But it, just like every other Olympics, I'm really glad it happens. And then I'm really glad when it's over. It's time to move on. And we'll see how it plays out. We'll see if, you know, and even the Sean, you know, for every Chloe Kim, you know, for every Sean White victories, there's the Sean White other issue. For Chloe Kim, and then a DJ gets fired for making inappropriate. It just seems we can't get out of our own way at this point. Do you think well, that the U.S. will con- – I'm sorry. Please. Well, do, you, do I think the U.S. will do what? Will consider this a successful Olympics? Yeah, I think they will. I think they meddled in in sports that they haven't meddled before. I think commercially, I don't think it was it was a great Olympics for the U.S. I don't think that the sponsors loved it because the people that were supposed to win just didn't. Like Lindsey Vaughn was supposed to win two or three. The the other uh, Schifrin was supposed to win two or three. And they just didn't. And I don't think you have as much – I don't think you have the darling of the Olympics that comes out of this one. Maybe you know of one, but I can't think of one. And I think the darling of the Olympics, the darlings, is just the hockey team. It's a team. It's not an individual. I don't see any one individual being able to be completely marketed from this Olympics. Do you? I think Chloe Kim has a chance to be. Um, the thing is, everyone's okay. kind of forgotten because she won the first Olymp- she won the first medal for like the second day of the games, but she's already on right. the Wheaties box. Again, she she fits the profile really well. Their family partially Korea, you know, I think immigrated from Korea. You know, seven, seventeen years old, charismatic, you know, and won a won a cool game. You know, it's not luge or bobsled. It's you know snowboarding, which is considered a and lot cooler. Be I don't think, and she, well, seventeen, I would assume so. I mean, this right. is probably the end for Sean White, who kind of came through on a high end. You know, it, like, I mean, Norway dominated these games, but, no, but you know, the, the expectation is that the Baltics are going to. And there was a nice, interesting article about that in Sports Illustrated. Um, to, be, to be fair, Seth, I think the biggest success, and I know we talk about them being the winter, like, sports haven, but the biggest success was Canada. And and I know, and and I don't say that because of hockey so much because they weren't obviously, but the fact is on a per rata basis, Canada has the the best medal per person. I mean, Norway has I think seven million people. Germany has like eight million people, and then Canada has only three and a half million people. And they came no, they third. don't. Canada. Has, what are you wearing? What are you talking about? Canada has 24 million people. Am I missing that up? Tor- I'm totally missing that. Yeah, Toronto. Sorry, Toronto I went the wrong way. Three million people. You you are correct. Wait, wait. No, no. What what was I talking about? Hold on a second. I don't have the Canada. Norway is the, Norway is the country with the least with the least people that has won the most. Maybe Norway. it was the other way in Norway. Okay, so I just uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, I am on completely no sleep. So I will I will take this one on the head. Maybe I was talking. Yeah, it's probably the other way around. That I was thinking that. Yep, that was it. Norway's got five million people. Germany's got eight million, and Canada's got thirty-four. So my bad. Germany does not. Go. Germany does not have eight million people. That's ridiculous. Eighty-two million people. There you go. That's uh, yeah. That's a little bit. <laughs> There's a number somewhere in there. Jesus Christ, Sean. Uh, I'm having million, a bad day. Eight million. Eight we have to excuse the interruption. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in and basically just fun of you got 10 minutes. To, you got 10 minutes. You got 10 minutes for telling me I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, please do. Uh, I'm okay with that. Nice touch. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. So, so with, the, with ten minutes ago, let's talk. You wanted to touch a little bit on the NHL deadline. The only thing I, that, I mean, again, I'm not the fan of hockey, but you are 
I was surprised to see a Ranger Devil trade because I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. I surprised to see the Rangers really just unloaded everybody. Rick Nash, Ryan McDonough um, going to Tampa, Nash going to Boston. You know, what were your, what were your, as an Islander fan, did you have any expectation or hope that anything was going to be done? And what were your thoughts overall on the deadline, on, on the deadline trades? Well, okay. So first of all, the Rangers did exactly what the Rangers said they were going to do. So a week ago, the Rangers sent out a, a notice to all their season ticket holders and, and basically on their website that says, guys, we're old. Guys, we're not making a run. We're going to make some trades, and you may not like them. But we need to make trades in order to get better for the future. I have it, – it, it was very synonymous with the white flag trade that the, uh, the White Sox made. Because, and, and we're going way back, this is Roberto Hernandez, so I think we're in like 1987, where the White Sox were three games out of, of the division, and they just traded everybody. And they just said, we're done. In fact, let me find out, white flag trade Sox. Yeah, I'm just interested. Uh, the white flag trade was 1997, excuse me, I said 87. I'm, I'm always 10 off today. It's just a matter of where that 10 is. Um, so they traded Wilson Alvarez, Danny Darwin, and Roberto Hernandez. So the two best um, starting pitchers and their closer. And they were, I think, three games out. They were three and a half games behind the Indians on July 31st. Well, the Rangers are only four points out of a playoff squat, spot, and they just said, we're done. We're going to trade everybody. We're going to get a haul of picks. And they did. They have three first-round picks. On, um, they have three first-round picks in the next draft, and they have set themselves up very well. Uh, Ryan McDonough, they traded a lot of guys that you've heard of. Rick Nash was a free agent. They kept Lundquist. They kept uh, Zicarello and Jedabad. And they have a good uh, stable, uh, Shatterack. They have good players for next year. They're not going to make a run next year, but maybe the year after. As far as what the Islanders did, well, they re-signed Josh Bailey to a, to a six-year, $30 million contract. I was happy about that. The big thing is, does Tavares return? And we won't know that until July 1st, if not later than that. And look, that's where the Islanders are. And they've never been a, a team that really makes deadline trades all that much. Uh, kudos to Thomas Vanek who got placed on his eighth team since the end of 2013. Yes, you heard that correct. And this is the third consecutive year he's been traded at the deadline. He is the deadline guy. Like, there's nobody else. Uh, overall, I think the, the Lightning, sure, are in the driver's seat right now. Uh, they, made some, they made some great trades, including getting, um, including getting McDonough. And I think them – Nashville, the Bruins, and the Penguins. I mean, it, if you look at the Western Conference, it's not much. It, Las Vegas made a trade and got themselves a couple of players, but overall, it's the Eastern Conference's ballgame, dudes. And it goes back to the same thing that we were discussing last week, where in sports, sometimes it goes one way. It's ebb and flow, right? This is what we were talking about, ebb and flow. One thing before we go to our last five minutes Seth, Kawhi Leonard, and we didn't talk about him sitting out the rest of the year. Okay, fact or fiction, Kawhi Leonard is traded in the offseason. Fiction. Um, as strange as it what's going on in San Antonio, it looks like he's going to be back in March, um, at the end of March, and ready for the playoffs. I refuse, as good a coach as, as Popovich is, I refuse to believe you're, gonna, you're going to um, bench your all-pro player to make a point. And Kawhi strikes me, this strikes me as something that can be settled, although it seems very weird and very awkward. Um, I also don't know what comparable value you can get for a 25-year-old superstar like, like, like Leonard. You, I don't think okay. you're going to take okay. 50 cents on the dollar for him, so I don't see it. 
Okay, so let me ask you this. If the Spurs had the opportunity to get LeBron James, and the only way that they could get him is to get rid of Kawhi Leonard, do you do it if you're San Antonio at this point? No. Okay. Even with all the problems? Even with all the problems, the problem is also what are you going to get? Are you going to get LeBron, what are you going to get LeBron James? Are you going to get a one-year deal? He's a free agent. Are you going to get a one-year deal, a two-year deal, a five-year deal? I mean, and you know, okay. LeBron has, has played more minutes, I think, for his time in the NBA than anyone else in the history of the NBA. That, Kobe made more. So LeBron played on both ends a lot more. So I, I, I don't see it. I, okay. I just don't. So we're in, our, we're in our last five minutes, so go ahead. Now, a very, very sad farewell uh, to a good friend, a guy I've known for, God, 20 years, um, who died, you know, Dave Shell, a, a sad sports fan as one happens to be when they live in Washington there and are diehard Capitals fan and Redskin fans, you're, you're bound to become bitter. Um, you know, died three kids you know, under the age of 15 of pancreatic cancer. And, you know, my, just, my heart goes out. I wish I could have been at the funeral. And I know he was in a, he was, he, I know he listened to the show from time to time, but my heart goes out to Lori and the kids in the, in the shell family. And for anyone who, you know, who knows him and has made donations, to either their family through the GoFundMe or to the pancreatic, to pan, I think it's called PanCan, which is the pancreatic cancer, um, one of the big pancreatic cancer charities. Well done. And, buddy, I'll miss you. Well, you know, it's funny because Seth normally doesn't get me like this. Uh, <laughs> I, I really uh, – uh, look, you, didn't you know. talked about Dave a lot. Yeah, you've talked about Dave a lot, and I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for the Shell family loss. Uh, from what I understand, Dave was a great guy. I, I really don't have much left, like, <laughs> with that type of news. No, look, the, with that type of news, you really can't go anywhere. And now no, I completely understand uh, what you what you think when I, when I do stuff like that. I, I will say ESPN – in the last couple of days has run some great articles. Uh, one of which is about Drazen Petrovic who Fantastic. passed away. Yeah. yeah. Passed away. I believe it's this 25 week. years ago. Um, Must be 25, 25 years. years ago. I, I remember where I was when, when I found out that Drazen passed away, uh, I was actually on the air doing a sports radio show uh, <laughs> when I was 16 in my high school. I really was in my high school for WKWZ. And, uh, I played a – I can't remember the song. Were you hosting with Jody Totch? Jody? No, it was Peter Cetera that I played. Uh, You're the Inspiration. That's what I played. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, 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 can't rem- I can't believe I remember this. But uh, it, it, it just uh, hits me every time I remember that Drazen passed away. Um, way too soon, much like, uh, much like Dave, 25 years old. And for every for every Nets fan, I'm sure. Uh, look, yeah, was he the great? Was he the best Net you've ever seen? No, Jason Kidd was. But okay, Petra, that team, if they had two years, two more years together, with Kenny Anderson playing the way he was and Coleman playing the way he was at that point when Petrovich died and Chuck Daly coaching that team would have given the Bulls a legitimate run. I'm convinced of this fact. Um, Petrovic was yeah. that good. And that team was yep. that dangerous. And if, and if you read the article, when he came over from Portland, he didn't play a lick of defense. Uh, yeah. And he played, and he learned how to play defense with that team. And that team was, he had Chris Morris, he had, I can't remember who played center. Was it ben, Benoit Benjamin was, at that point? No, it was Bowie and – what happened was it was Bowie and Dudley. But Dude, you got like 20 really, seconds, so wrap it up. The year they were, re, the year they 20, were really good, Kenny, Kenny Anderson got knocked out by Chris Childs. And they ended yeah. up going to game five against Cleveland and lost in double overtime. And Coleman had like 40 and 20. 
and you thought that team was going to be a threat for years to come, and then Petrovich dies and everything falls apart. Yeah. So for sure. Well, for Seth Sean came Palmer, in. Just... Okay. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Have a good one, everybody. Uh, yeah. Well. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.